Thank you for joining us today on A Word from the Lord. Today, Dr. Beach begins a new teaching series called Turkeys and Eagles. Here is part one. Early in my Christian journey, I was exposed to the teaching of a man by the name of Peter Lord. He was a pastor from Florida. He taught me much about prayer and about knowing God and just an incredible man of the Lord. A few weeks ago, someone gave me one of his books, and I did not know it had been printed, and I began to read it. It was called Turkeys and Eagles. And so I was really deeply touched by what he had to say. And so what I'm going to do for the next few weeks is take his paradigm and apply it to the letter of Ephesians that we're going to be studying together. Turkeys and Eagles. Someone has said, it's hard to soar with eagles when you live with turkeys. Peter Lortz, he asked the question, why are eagles keeping company with turkeys in the first place? In your bulletin is a a sermon handout, and there's a little test on there. I'd like us to review that real quickly. As we read these statements, I want you to answer quickly. I mean, I don't want you to spend a lot of time thinking about this, but true or false? A good Christian is expected to serve in the church. True or false? You cannot be an active Christian and not serve in the church. True or false? God calls only a few folks to minister in his church. True or false? My church and denomination are the right church. True or false? My church is God's best vessel for reaching the world. True or false? I don't have any gifts for ministry. True or false? The gifts of the Holy Spirit died out with the apostles. True or false? The church is supposed to adjust its teaching to the culture. True or false? My pastor is the main minister in the church. True or false? God doesn't expect me to have a ministry. True or false? Bubba was born as a thriving eaglet and enjoyed his time with his mother until one day she disappeared and didn't come back. After several days of being hungry, Bubba knew he had to do something or he would die. So courageously, he crept up to the side of the nest and jumped. Terrified as he fell through the air, he flapped his wings, but nothing happened. He hit the ground with a thud, but his wings had softened his fall enough to keep him from getting hurt. Now what? What do I do, he thought. He sat there for a long time, paralyzed in fear. After several hours, he noticed some other birds not too far away, a whole group of them. Soon they walked right up on him. Who are you, they asked. I'm Bubba, he said. Who are you? We're turkeys. And what are you doing? I'm lost, he said. I was looking for my mother. The turkeys held a brief meeting and soon invited Bubba to join the flock. We're open to all turkeys, and you'd be welcome to join us, they said. Well, Bubba did not know he was an eagle. So he thought this was great. He would join this flock of fellow turkeys. The first thing he learned was how to eat. He was awfully hungry. They showed him how to peck the ground for acorns. This was difficult at first because Bubba liked looking up at the sky. But soon Bubba learned how to walk around with his head down, searching for acorns. After a few days, Bubba was assigned a mentor who helped Bubba get acclimated to his new turkey dew. 
His new mentor immediately showed him how to scratch. This was really awkward for Bubba. It made him sore, but but he worked real hard at it. As he began to grow, Bubba was shown how to do the turkey gobble. You must be able to talk in our special turkey language, he was told. Well, this was very difficult for Bubba, but he worked hard at it over and over again, and he occasionally could get it, but he couldn't get it exactly right. He became frustrated. Over and over again, he tried, but he just couldn't get it right. One day they were out hunting for food, and Bubba notices another group of turkeys coming near them. He was curious what would happen, and it really surprised him. Rather than saying, hello, the two groups completely ignored each other and passed each other in a funny-looking walk, strutting. Questioning his mentor about this, he was told that that group of turkeys were barriers. That is, they picked their berries directly from the bushes, not off the ground. They also believe that they're the descendants from Socrates, he said. They believe that they are the only true turkeys. In their eyes, we are second-rate turkeys. Bubba asks, you mean they really believe that we're not real turkeys? That's right, my boy. They believe we must eat berries and never eat acorns. Furthermore, one must eat berries directly from the bush and never off the ground. Otherwise, one is not a real turkey. As time moved on, Bubba worked real hard at being a turkey. But he got more and more frustrated. I must be the worst turkey in the whole world, he thought. Why is it that I'm the only turkey who has trouble being a turkey? I'm just a mess up. I'll never amount to anything. One day, Bubba got enough courage to tell his mentor about his frustration. His mentor said, Bubba, I think it's time to tell you where you came from. I was going to wait till you were older, but you've struggled so much. I think it's time you know now. Know what? Bubba asked as his heart sank. Bubba, you were actually hatched from a buzzard egg. You've probably noticed how different you look from the rest of us. That ugly hooked beak you have. Your short legs. There's nothing you can do about being born a poor, miserable buzzard. Bubba's heart nearly broke. I'm a buzzard, good-for-nothing, hopeless buzzard, he thought. What do I do, Bubba asked. Well, first you must realize and accept the fact that you're a poor, miserable, lost, wretched, worthless buzzard saved by the turkeys. Second, it's going to be normal for you to struggle with your buzzardness every day. This will go on all of your life, but you must persevere. You'll deal with this terrible fact every day. Don't let it overpower you or get you down. Fight it, struggle, resolve. Bubba cried, I don't want to be a buzzard. I want to be a better turkey. Bubba, you are a turkey now. You've been saved from buzzardom. But never forget your dark, bleak side. Always be ready to stop it from rising up. Dedicate your life to fighting the buzzardness in you. And when you fail, and you will fail often, then rededicate your life. Bubba began to cry. He didn't know what to think. His mentor added, Bubba, don't be discouraged. Remember, you have all the rest of the turkeys standing with you. 
Besides, remember what old Socrates said, once a turkey, always a turkey. As the days went by, Bubba tried even harder to be a good turkey. He improved a little, but he remained frustrated and discouraged. One morning, he wandered into a clearing and looked up into the sky, and something began to get excited in him, and he noticed that his wings had opened. He immediately thought, that's not what a good turkey would do. So he quickly pulled in his wings and walked back into the woods. A few days later, he asked his mentor, can turkeys fly? Of course turkeys can fly. Will you teach me, Bubba asked excitingly. In due time, but you only need to fly to escape danger. So be patient and wait. We turkeys only fly when our lives are on the line. Why else should we? And then in front of the other turkeys, he asked, Are you in some corner danger, Bubba? He asked sarcastically, and they all laughed at him. Well, Bubba got mad, and they were all, he said, they're all a bunch of turkeys, and he did not fit in, and he didn't like the way they made fun of him. And he got so angry that he leaped toward the sky in a rage. His wings instinctively caught and pressed the wind down to lift his body instantly above the trees. This was Bubba's first time seeing the tops of the trees. He saw the vast sky and a large mountain. What a sight! This was awesome! Suddenly he realized that he was actually flying and he became frightened and began to fall. Not knowing how to land, he hit the ground pretty hard, but he wasn't hurt. That is, he wasn't hurt physically. But something on the inside of Bubba was wounded and he vowed he would never trust another bird. Then he sat down next to a tree and put his head between his wings. Surely I've been a bad turkey, he thought. He tried not to think about it, but it just came back again and again. He hadn't tried hard enough. And the reason for all his struggles and hardship must be his own fault. I'm a failure, he thought. Hours upon hours he sat, thinking and moping, thinking and moping. Then he started thinking about flying. And he asked aloud, why does a turkey prefer the woods to the sky? A voice above him answered, because he's a turkey. It was an old owl who'd been watching Bubba and wondering what in the world he was doing hanging out with a bunch of turkeys. So why are you hanging out with those turkeys, he asked. Because I'm a turkey. You don't look to me like a turkey, said the owl. Bubba felt ashamed and embarrassed, and he hung his head and said, Well, I was a buzzard, but I've been saved by the turkeys. You're not a buzzard. You're the most honored among creatures. You're to be the most envied. Bubba was shocked and confused by the owl's comments. What are you saying, you crazy old owl? You know that I'm a buzzard. Why do you choose me to tease and to play with? And he began to cry. No, no, Bubba. You don't understand. You're not a buzzard. You're not a turkey. Then the old owl raised himself up to full height. Somehow Bubba knew he was about to hear something profound, perhaps even wonderful. Well, we'll finish the rest of the story in a minute. But as you can see, it's a parable of the church and how we become turkeyized. Rather than being Christians, 
we fall into the trap of becoming turkeys. Now take a quick look at your test. The question is, are you a turkey? If not, have you been turkeyized? The answer to all of the questions are false. So if you answered any of them true, you've been turkeyized to some degree. If we're going to practice New Testament Christianity, then we need to get back to the teaching of New Testament Christianity and what it's all about. Well, let's open quickly our Bibles to Ephesians 4 and answer some of these questions. Ephesians chapter 4. Now, Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. And you can find out more about the church of Ephesus by reading the book of Acts. In chapter 1, he is dealt with the blessings that we Christians have in Christ. He ends it with a prayer of thanksgiving. In chapter 2, Paul reminds them of who they are and where they come from, that they were dead in their trespasses and sins and they've now been made alive. In chapter 3, Paul tells some of his story and the power of prayer. And he prays a powerful prayer for the Ephesians. And then chapter 4 begins... As a prisoner for the Lord, he's writing from prison. Now, the turkey outlook is simply this. It's my duty to serve the Lord and to be active in the church. It's my duty to serve the Lord and to be active in the church. An eagle outlook is it's my calling to serve the Lord and be active in his church. Look at verse 1. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You have been called to serve the Lord. You've not been called to be a churchite or to be one of these folks that just live for the church. We're called to serve God. And yes, it might be in the church. It might be outside the church. But we respond to his call, not just because of my duty. This calling... Verse 1 says is to first live a life worthy of it. You live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Think a minute of the calling that God has given you and me. We have been called by Him, and we should live according to that calling. Second, this calling is to honor one another. Look at verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Oh, that we could get this in the midst of our being. That our calling is to honor each other. To lift each other up. To praise one another. To encourage each other. Third, this calling is to be at peace with one another. For this peace keeps the unity of the Spirit. Verse 3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. How often in the church do we get our feathers ruffled and we begin gawking and acting like a bunch of turkeys? Too many of us are not responding to God's call, but we're doing our duty. After all, isn't that what we've been taught? Our service to God is more than duty or obligation. It's calling. It's in response to Him. Number two, or letter B, Our turkey outlook says, my church is the only church. And how many times have we heard that in different places? My church is the only church. An eagle outlook says, we are all part of the body of Christ. Verse 4, there is one body 
and one spirit. We're all part of that body. Every Christian, each of us. And just because we do it one way, that doesn't mean that down the road, the church that does it a different way isn't as important in the body of Christ as we are. I was called to one hope, verse 4 and 5. One Lord. One hope. One hope. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. One God and Father of all who's over all and through all. Now, hopefully our church is an expression of Christianity, true Christianity. And hopefully it will make an impact in this culture and in our community and in our world for Jesus Christ. But we don't hold all the cards. There are others who hold to one hope, one faith, one Lord, one baptism, and one God and Father of all. But the turkey outlook says, well, it's my church. My church is the best. Another turkey outlook is my gift is more important than others. The eagle outlook is my gift is from God according to his grace. My gift is from God according to his grace. Verse 7, but to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And then verse 8 and 9, he kind of does a little sidetrack about Jesus going to hell when he died. Remember the, the three days he was dead? Well, he descended to the dead. He descended into hell. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. And then he goes on and talks about giving gifts. Verse 11 It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. There are various gifts. And just because I have a certain gift doesn't mean that your gift is not just as important in the body of Christ. There are other teachings about gifts in the New Testament. Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Peter 4 all talk about gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, we live in a time when many in the church, meaning the broader church, teach that certain gifts have faded out and are no longer needed. And I want to ask, says who? My Bible teaches that all the gifts are important and all are necessary for the body to function properly. God has given you gifts and he's given me gifts for ministry that Jesus might be glorified and that he might be lifted up. They're part of your spiritual personality, part of who you are in Him. They help make you who you are in Jesus. Turkey Outlook says, The purpose of my gift is so I can strut my stuff. Eagle Outlook says, The purpose of my gift is for the body of Christ, for the church, for others. It's not for me. It's so that I may use it for others. Verse 12. It's better to start with 11. Some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that they might, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
When the people of God are using their spiritual gifts in the power of the Holy Spirit, the people of God become mature. They grow up. They become stronger in him. Turkey Outlook says the pastor or the priest does the ministry of the church. The Eagle Outlook says the ministers are the people of the church. The key verse is verse 12, to prepare God's people for works of service, to prepare God's people for the ministry. Some people think that it's my job to do all the ministry or that it's one of the clergy up here to do all the ministry. No, our job is to equip you to do the ministry. See, the ministry doesn't happen in the church. We come to worship in the church. The ministry happens when we leave the church and we go out into the world in our works, in our families, in the communities, whatever we do out there, that's where our ministry is. God has a calling of mission and ministry on each of our lives. He's gifted us with his gifts to accomplish his ministry through us. The turkey in us wants us to look like what we have known and to do it the way we have done it. But that ministry can be as unique as the unique individual that you are. So my question this morning is, have you been turkeyized? God has something more incredible for you and in store for you. Following his path leads to wide skies and incredible adventures. He doesn't call us to follow him to then lead us into some little hole where we're putting our head in all the time. He calls us to the wide open world. For some of us, it's time to be who God created us to be. Men and women who know him. Men and women who reflect him. Men and women who serve him out of calling, not just out of duty. Bubba, you're an eagle, said the wise old owl. An eagle, my friend. You're a descendant of the grandest and highest of all birds. You belong high up there in the sky above all other creatures. Go now, Sir Eagle. Soar above us all. Look at yourself. You're not a turkey. You're not a buzzard. You don't look like, act like, or smell like one of those buzzards. You have the noble heart of an eagle. Go now, you belong in the sky. Bubba opened his mighty wings to their fullest and with one tremendous sweep, he set sail into the sky. And as he did, he screeched a most terrible cry, which sounded like joy and triumph. He circled the woods for one last look at that unnatural habitat which held him in bondage. He lifted his head, arched his wings, soared into the wind and was gone. God calls us to be eagles, not turkeys. That was Dr. Beach with today's message. For more information on this message and this ministry, please visit awordfromthelord.org. There you will find today's message and previously aired messages, where you can listen to them again and share them with friends and family. A word from the Lord.org has audio archives of Foley Beach's one minute radio feature and much more. So visit a word from the Lord.org. You can find a word from the Lord on Facebook and be sure to click the like button. 
to follow our feed on Facebook. You'll want to be sure to visit Foley's blog at bishopfoleybeach.blogspot.com. You can also follow Foley on Twitter. His Twitter address is twitter.com at foleybeach. If you have any comments or questions about the program, you can contact Dr. Beach by email at foleybeach at a word from the Lord.org. Again, his email is foleybeach at a word from the Lord.org. You can contact us by mail. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia 30655. Our mailing address again is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia 30655. A word from the Lord is made possible by God's grace through the continued prayers and loving financial support from you. And we thank you for this opportunity to spread the hope of the gospel of Christ through this ministry. Join us again next time for the next broadcast of A Word from the Lord. For Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord, it is our prayer that you would be seeking A Word from the Lord.